Dear Avital, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I have to share with you that sometimes I really can't stand my child. If an adult treated me the way she does, I would have left them long ago. I sometimes wish I wasn't a mother. I do love my child, of course I do, but sometimes I also hate her. Is that normal? In this episode, you'll discover three potent techniques to get back on track to your loving mindset so that you can flip the script when you start feeling annoyed, irritated, or just out of love with your child. And stick with me until the end because I'll share some personal truths that I don't usually talk about. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital. If you're just meeting me for the first time, welcome. Thank you so much for giving me the time of day and spending some time here with me to talk about this important topic of how to love our children even when sometimes we feel like we don't. I'm a mindful parenting coach. I'm the mother of four. My goal is to help you, my fellow imperfect, intentional parents, say goodbye to clutter, chaos, conflict, and reclaim presence, peace, and play for your family. Quick break. I just need to shout out to Emma Pitney from New Zealand. Emma, are you listening? You are our winner this week. Emma, you've just won yourself a year's long membership to Present Play. So Emma, you're going to get in there in May. Okay, we can't let you in now because doors are closed. But when doors open in May, you have a year's long membership for free because you were entered into our giveaway by leaving a review and we are absolutely thrilled that you're going to be a present player. Here's what Lana says about present play. Lana said, I am absolutely loving present play. It is the best decision I've made for my parenting education. Shout out Lana. Thank you for that. But Emma, Emma Pitty from New Zealand has won this. And if you want to win a course of mine, then all you need to do is leave a review on iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review. And if you're doing so outside the US, please let me know. Tag me on Instagram. I can't see those reviews, but you do need to let me know. And when you do, I will enter you into our mega list of people who are doing so. And then we randomly select a winner every week. So you guys are hopefully getting the hang of this. If this is not your first time, you're seeing how this works. I love seeing all those amazing reviews come in. Thank you so much. It really, really helps me um, and really helps to spread this important message. And if you share it on your stories on Instagram, just tag me at Parenting Junkie so that I can see it and enter you in as well. And I love to share your stories on my stories too. So Emma wrote, inspiring. I've been following the Parenting Junkie for a year or so now, and I'm so inspired by everything Avital says. I love that nothing she says comes across as prescriptive. Instead, it feels like a chat with a very insightful friend. An invaluable resource for navigating this parenting gig. Very excited to now have a podcast to listen to on the go. Boom, Emma, thank you. I am so happy. I'm so happy when people tell me that the things I say don't come across as judgmental or prescriptive, but more like a chat with a friend because obviously that's what this is. I am not a doctor or an expert or on my high horse. I am definitely down in the trenches with all of you 100%. Hey, I don't like that metaphor. Trenches, that's from a wall. We're not in a wall, but still, you know what I mean, right? 
I am parenting right now and doing so very, 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 very imperfectly, completely imperfectly. So yay, Emma, we're going to be welcoming you in May. So don't forget to email support at The Parenting Junkie for that. All right, back to the episode. Now, sometimes you might feel like you love your child, you know that you love your child, but maybe you feel like you don't like them right now, or you really don't like their behaviors or the way they do things or their appearance right now or their mannerisms or some of the words that they're using. Maybe you have a little baby, even a newborn, and you don't feel particularly bonded right now. You Maybe that wasn't something that happened immediately and you felt, oh no, maybe I don't love this child. I'm not bonded to this child. I don't know what's wrong, right? Maybe that was a concern of yours or something that was an impediment to feeling close. Or maybe you have a child who's just become a toddler and they're suddenly starting to differentiate and starting to test boundaries. And that's a time that's very typical in a parent's life where suddenly the feelings of love and unconditionality that was a mainstay beforehand with a baby suddenly get called into question and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, who is this? (laughs) What have I done? Or I just can't stand being with this child. They're so clingy, so, you know, disrespectful so unpleasant to be around. Um, You know, that's very typical at the age of two, not because the twos are terrible, but because that's a point of tension. That's a point of differentiation and it can feel very different from the harmonious kind of continuum that we were on beforehand where we were almost one right? If you did feel bonded to your baby and you felt very connected, then you can feel so harmonious, like just such a beautiful harmony between you and your baby. And suddenly this child is throwing things and yelling things and screaming and being uh, very, you know, difficult, challenging. And then you can start to feel like, I don't like them. Or maybe they've grown up a little bit from then still, like they're a four or five or six or seven or teenager, right? And they're moody and they're rude and they're talking back and they disagree with you and they embarrass you in front of your friends. (laughs) There are so many things that happen as kids grow older and so many things we can dislike. Or maybe they are just wonderful, but they just trigger you because for whatever reason. They remind you of all the things you didn't get in your own childhood. They remind you of the things you don't like about yourself. So many reasons, right? So let's go into the reasons that we might not like our children. But before I do, I just want to let you know that the show notes to this episode are over at theparentingjunkie.com forward slash 12, number 12, just a one and a two. So if you want to get any of the show notes after this, then that's the place to go. So Maybe you are feeling a lot of dislike to your child. And by the way, let's just say you might not be feeling any of these things, in which case, wait. (laughs) Because I think most of us do hit these feelings at some point or another within the parenting journey. I think for almost everyone, it's something that comes up sometimes. Like sometimes we don't like being with our children or at some moments we don't like them. So if you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, Avital, this episode is not relevant to me. That's wonderful that you don't feel that way now. It might still be worth listening to get some techniques for managing those feelings of extreme severe dislike and sometimes even hatred of our children because I think they're normal for most of us to come up against those moments in time. So one of the reasons this happens is because we burn out If you find yourself irritated with your child, it might be that you are spending too much time together, you know, uh, you need a break, or you're spending too much time 
just caregiving in general, even if your child's not actually there, but then you're cooking and cleaning and busy, 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 and you're not managing to take care of yourself. So I know this is cliche, but when your cup's not full, you can't fill other people's cups, right? If your self-care is completely backtracked and you're feeling very depleted, then it's very likely that you'll feel irritable with your child. You might also not have enough tools in your parenting toolbox for setting clear boundaries and limits. If you don't feel comfortable saying no when you mean no, if you don't know how to protect your relationship, and I refer you back to my episode on consequences and the relationship consequences, if you don't know how to set limits um, that protect your relationship um, and have you know healthy boundaries, then you can feel really irritable with that person, the person who's climbing all over you or eating your food or coming into the bathroom while you're on the loo or waking you up in the middle of the night, all of the things that are irritating or things that you really don't like because you haven't learned to set clear boundaries and limits with your child and you're low on self-care, that leads to burnout, right? That leads to a feeling of leave me the hell alone. Don't get near me. I don't want to be near anyone. I'm, I just want to be alone. Just go do whatever you want. Watch TV. I don't care, right? You get stuck in an irritated place and sometimes that can go to an extreme. A lot of my clients talk about extreme burnout when they're in that place where they're doing everything for everyone. They're being superwoman or superman and they are not taking care of themselves and not setting clear boundaries and not actually designing a relationship and a life and a home that feels good to them. And so they are in turn resentful and angry and full of contempt towards their own children who of course they love, but right now they hate because those children are representing their lack of freedom, their lack of care. And another reason that this might happen, that we feel very irritated with our children, is that there might be a mismatch with our child. There might actually be a mismatch between our expectations, our needs, and our children, our children's expectations and needs. There's something called goodness of fit between parents and kids, and it's about how well we're matched. Are our personalities well matched? And if you have more than one child, you might find that you have a better goodness of fit with one than with the other. It doesn't mean you love one more. It does not mean that at all. It just means that there's more flow and ease with the one that you have better goodness of fit with. It's things like maybe your kid is super outgoing, super loud, very sociable, wants to be on the move and on the go and talking to people all the time. Maybe they're a big extrovert in that way. And you like slow-paced, quiet, introverted days. And then there's not such a goodness of fit between you because you're a little bit mismatched in that way. And that's not a problem per se, but it does need addressing, right? We do need to take that into account and design a life that fulfills both our needs and expectations in separate ways. That child needs to be able to go out and socialize without you so that you can both get your needs met, or you need to find a way of doing it that works for both of you, for example. And so when there's not goodness of fit, that can lead to a lot of tension and we can feel irritated. Like, why is this child in my life? Why is this child my responsibility? My life was easier before they're actually not a good match for me. Strange as it may seem to say that, I think it's a reality for many parents and kids. Or sometimes your kid is going through some kind of phase, uh, some kind of behavior that you really don't appreciate. Maybe they're screaming a lot right now, or there's a potty regression, or they have a farting fetish and they keep making farting sounds. And you just find that super triggering, super unpleasant, super, you know, not what you want. And your kid 
just isn't fun for you to be around for those reasons. You have all these stories about how kids should behave or what kind of home you want to create or what kind of behaviors you want to see. And when you see those behaviors, maybe they're unkind or they're rude or they're crude or ugly behaviors in your opinion make you just dislike your kid and feel irritated with them. Just feel like, I don't like you. I don't want to be around you. And sometimes it's just that, look, your kid is still, well, a kid, right? And they're immature and inconvenient because children are inconvenient. They need to be watched. They need to be kept safe. They need to be taught things. They need to be, you know, overall managed in a way that isn't convenient for us adults. We can't just sit up and drink our coffee and read our book all the time. They need some, let's call it quite a lot of attention and care. And so we can feel irritated by that sometimes. So sometimes we're able to answer all of these issues through external changes. Sometimes you're able to rearrange your schedule. Sometimes you're able to get more help, more self-care. You can go to a spa or do your nails or, you know, I don't know, drink your special mushroom coffee. Sometimes you can do things that can help you to feel better. And I strongly encourage you to do everything you can to set up your schedule and your home and your flow and all of your systems and support to help all of that, right? Even if it's about just getting a coffee with a girlfriend or a chat on the phone with a listening partner, um, those things can really, really help in these situations. But sometimes that's not available. Sometimes there is no extra support. There is no extra help right now. Or right now, in this very moment, you're feeling irritable and angry and, and hateful. And it's, yes, it's a larger problem and you'll need to solve for that. But right now you need kind of a quick fix. And that's what I want to help you with today. I want to give you three internal steps that you can take and you can take either one of them, pick your poison, in that moment when you feel hatred bubbling up, when you feel like yelling is coming on, you feel angry, of course you know you've got to get more sleep and you've got to go to the gym and all the things, but right now you just feel so irritable with your kid. What can you do? So the following are three reframing processes that work really well for me when I'm feeling like mm, I'm just so irritated, I dislike my child, and I'm going to treat them and talk to them in a way that I'm not proud of and that frankly is going to escalate the situation and make their behavior worse. Because if I yell at them now and shame them and tell them off and tell them how much I dislike them, they're likely to retaliate with yet more behavior I dislike. So how can I shift the energy? How can I get back into a loving space and be what I call an energy boss, right? Take control of the energy in the home and take it to a loving place. Okay, so here we go. Number one, pretend they are someone else's child. Sometimes I can be so close to my child that I feel ownership over them, that I feel that I get to control them and I get to say, and my child won't be treated that way. No child uh, won't treat me that way. No child of mine will behave that way. How dare you, etc. When I get into that space, I know that I'm a little too close to my child. I feel too much ownership, too much control in that moment over my child. And I feel that I have license to let fly at them. I feel that I have license to yell at them. I feel like they are mine. And what's said behind closed doors or what's done in, in the privacy of my own home is, you know, my right. I get on that high horse. And if the doors are closed and it's just me and my kid and I'm super irritable with them, I'm going to say things to them that I would never say to someone else's kid. Why? Because someone else's kid isn't my belonging. Now, of course, my child isn't my belonging either, but I 
realize this more. I feel it more. The energy space between me and someone else's kid is a lot more distance, right? I don't have that intimacy with them. With someone else's kid, that kid could go off and tell their parent how I treated them. That kid doesn't have to hang out with me. You know, if they don't like me, they get to go and they get to say, I'm never going back to that person's house again. My kid doesn't have that prerogative. And therefore I could take a lot more license to be a lot less kind to them. Now, if this isn't your problem, that's great, but it is mine. And so when I get into that space with my kid, I imagine they're someone else's kid. I might still be firm with someone else's kid. I might still tell them this is not allowed in our home or I can't let you do that, etc. But I would treat them much, much more kindly, much more patient. I would be careful with how I'm phrasing my words. I might take a time out myself to calm myself down if that kid was triggering me. And I've had other people's kids behave in kind of crazy ways in my home. I've had to deal with that. I I babysit my friend's kids pretty often. And when that happens and they're being violent or aggressive or rude, I need to handle it. But I'm a lot more skilled maybe, or a lot more careful when it comes to other people's children uh, in terms of just monitoring my own anger and my own triggers. It triggers me a lot less in some ways. So that's the first thing. You're in that moment, boom, pretend this is someone else's kid. Now, how would you handle it? Okay. Is that helpful? I would love to hear. And if it is, how about you snap a selfie or a screenshot right now and share it out on Instagram. Tag me in your stories at Parenting Junkie or on your post. I would love to hear if these are helpful for you. And if you have any to add, please add them as well. But also sharing it out just helps reach so many more parents and it helps them too. So thank you so much to everybody who does that. I just love seeing those. All right, on to number two. Number two is to pretend you are being watched. Pretend you are being watched is about inhibiting ourselves. Again, when we're with our own children, sometimes we're not inhibited enough. With your own children, maybe you don't care very much about what you wear or you pick your nose in front of them or I don't know what you do. Maybe you eat with your hands. (laughs) Maybe we all become slobs and we also become emotional slobs, communication slobs. We become uninhibited with our children, which is good in some ways, but terrible in other ways. We need to inhibit ourselves a little bit. And one of the ways that I like to do that is to pretend I'm being watched. I pretend I'm being filmed for a documentary, or I pretend that I have friends over. Because guess what? When I have friends over, I'm a much more patient parent. I'm much more patient because I care about how I'm perceived by others in terms of how I parent. I am embarrassed and ashamed when I yell and lose my control and grab my child and punish them. That doesn't feel consistent for me with the image I'd like to portray. Now, do I still do these things? Of course I do. But when I try not to do them, one of the techniques I can use is to pretend I'm being watched. I pretend there are hidden cameras up in my house. I pretend, you know, someone is over. Maybe my parents, maybe the neighbors can hear me. Maybe you guys are watching me. And I think, well, how can I best handle this situation? How can I, you know, put my best foot forward and really perform well? (laughs) And even though it's just me in the privacy of my own home with my kids, that helps me to inhibit myself a little bit and to perform better in that situation, to show up a little bit better. And if you want to pack a little bit more punch into this tip, you can then go onto Facebook to the Love Parenting with Avital Facebook group and share 
how you performed well in that situation. Like I was going to yell or I was going to scream or I was going to spank, but I imagined I was being watched and I did it so, so differently right? And we will celebrate with you. We will witness you and we will tell you how amazing that is because that's one of the downsides of parenting at home with our kids is that our big, big wins, our Mount Everests that we successfully climb don't get any medals or any recognition. We're not even witnessed by anyone else. It's just this massive thing that you've accomplished, that you managed your temper or you managed to set a boundary in a healthy way, but nobody else knows and nobody else understands. And it kind of feels a little deflating to some of us. So sharing that with other people who get it can uh, increase the motivation to do that again. And my last tip here is to pretend it's your last day on earth with them. Pretend that earth is ending tonight at midnight and what would fall down the wayside, you know, if time was not on your side, if there was not, you know, months, years ahead of you to parent, but just this precious moment now, what would you be able to muster up within you in order to perform differently and to behave differently in this situation? And I say perform, not as a performance, not as in something inauthentic, but perform like an athlete bringing everything that they've practiced for, everything that they've trained for in that moment, showcasing it, right? That's what we need to do every single day. We're practicing like an athlete. We're practicing not in a competitive sense, but just with our own selves. For myself, at least, I imagine myself trying to strengthen my peaceful muscles every day, trying to be yet more patient, yet more peaceful, yet a better communicator, yet a more authentic person, yet a more abundant person, yet a kinder person. How can I practice and practice and practice to be so emotionally healthy, stable, giving, generous, etc. So that in these moments of trial, when suddenly I need to bring those skills to the forefront, I can perform well. I can handle a situation well. And if I start off on the wrong foot, you know, if I start running before the the um, gun goes off, or if I blunder and trip in the middle, I get back up like an athlete and continue to perform well. I have good sportsmanship in that sense that I'm, you know, gritty and try again with my peacefulness and with my kindness. So if I pretend it's my last day on earth with them, if I pretend like I am going to die tonight, which, you know, who knows, maybe I will then that kind of lights a fire under my tush. It it kind of becomes a catalyst for me to say, wait, I can do better. This could be a great moment. This could be a learning moment. This could be a connection moment. I can handle this. And part of this is all reframing, right? Reframing, flipping a script. One of the things that I always flip, and here I'll just squeeze in a bonus (laughs) tip for you, is that whenever I hear the words I can't in my mind, I flip them to I can. Or I look forward to it. I must. It will happen. All right. And here I want to share you some of the vulnerable vulnerable truths about me. I've shared already quite a lot here <laughs> about vulnerability, but I don't always like being with my child. Each and every one of them, I've had moments where I felt like I don't like you, or I can't believe you're in my life, or I I've even had moments of feeling hatred just feeling, oh, get away from me. I don't want to be with you. Just, 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 I need a break from you. I never want to see your face again. 
yeah, really angry moments, really kind of disgusted, repulsed moments. That Those have happened to me and I believe they will continue to happen to me and I look forward to it. They will revisit me, those extreme moments of temper, of anger, of disgust, of distaste, of distance, of disconnect. It's true. That's why I'm doing this work to begin with. And so I sometimes have thoughts like you're a brat or oh, I just can't stand you. And that's when I know that the mindset work is necessary. Yes, it's necessary that I take some time and go to the gym and get help and do all the things I can try to do, but the mindset is necessary. So I pretend that there's someone else's child, or I pretend that I'm being watched, or I pretend it's my last day on earth. And instead of saying, I can't stand you, I say to myself, I can stand him. I can stand her. Instead of saying, you know, I can't believe this is happening. I say, I can believe this is happening. This is part of the package. Instead of saying, I can't hear the whining or I can't handle one more thing. I say, I can handle it. I can hear it. I can cope. And I strengthen that mindset just like an athlete who says, no, I can and I will because practice makes progress. When you start to think in this way, it will bring you back to a loving approach. It will send to you. You'll find more patience, more appreciation of what truly matters, and you'll be able to treat your child in that moment from a place of love. Next week, I'm going to be sharing a really special and interesting way to view your role as a parent so that you can really support your child through childhood in the way that they need it the most. Stay tuned. That's what's coming next week. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste. Namaste.